Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Islam and Life show. This is our Ramadan edition and we hope inshallah we spend uh, these few minutes in the blessings and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during this blessed month of Ramadan. This is uh, subhanallah our second episode in Ramadan and it's the second week already in Ramadan, the beginning of the second week and almost the end of the uh, the 10 days uh, the 10, sec- 10 days of Ramadan. We, uh, we, we, we decided to do this uh, version of Islam and life uh, during the month of Ramadan to highlight an important objective we have for the Islam and life show and that is basically how to uh, live uh, uh, as a Muslim in this day and age uh, with a full Islamic perspective from a full uh, Islamic frame of reference following the Islamic worldview and the Islamic teachings uh, as uh, inshallah as purely as we can and as clear as it can be uh, from the teachings of the Prophet Sallallahu and from the guidance of the Holy Book the Quran inshallah and there is no better time to do this than the month of Ramadan where we as a Muslim community as a Muslim Ummah leave everything uh, change all our habits all our schedules during the month of, month of Ramadan to try to live according to this sha'air uh, uh, these rituals of the uh, 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 during the uh, blessed month of Ramadan and uh, we try through this uh, these uh, few episodes in this blessed month to highlight a few concepts that can help us with this transformation and this alignment to the Islamic worldview uh, the first week we dealt with how to use the Quran for our transformation during this month of Ramadan uh, this week we speak about a, a, a dear concept uh, that uh, we all uh, uh, hope inshallah to invoke and that is the concept of mercy uh, and uh, when I did the, a quick uh, search on the on the uh, rahma in Al-Quran we found at least it's mentioned in 116 verses and uh, that uh, one of the names of Ramadan also is the month of mercy and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, chosen uh, one of his names Al-Rahman uh, for the beginning of uh, in Bismillah rahman rahim in the beginning of every time we read the Quran or every time we pray and so on so the concept of mercy, the meanings and the feelings of mercy are important concepts that shape how we live our lives as well and how, we, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, basically treats his, uh, uh, his creations. And, and uh, one of the missions of the, uh, of the Prophet sallallahu as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he has only sent him as mercy to humankind. So it is important to leave these uh, meanings of mercy, these, this concept of mercy and compassion uh, through this uh, blessed month and try to deepen it in ourselves and try to live it through, uh, throughout different levels. And in this conversation this uh, week, we're happy to be uh, with two important community leaders uh, in, uh, in Edmonton, Alberta, and, uh, and we hope to inshallah spend the next few minutes uh, throughout this show to uh, go through this concept. We're, uh, today we have uh, Sheikh uh, Imam uh, Mahmoud Ibrahim, uh, the Imam of Masjid al-Rahmah, and uh, Sister Nakita Valerio, uh, the Research uh, Director of the Institute for uh, Religious and Sociopolitical Studies, uh, uh, with us today, inshallah, to have this discussion. And the best thing to begin with, inshallah, is uh, a recitation of uh, Al-Quran Al-Kareem uh, with uh, Sheikh Mahmoud. Uh, if you can start, inshallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الرحمن علم القرآن خلق الإنسان علمه البيان الشمس والقمر بحسبان 
وَالنَّجْمُ وَالشَّجَرُ يَسْجُدَانِ وَالسَّمَاءَ رَفَعَهَا وَوَضَعَ الْمِيزَانِ أَلَّا تَطْغَوْا فِي الْمِيزَانِ وَأَقِيمُوا الْوَزْنَ بِالْقِسْطِ وَلَا تُخْسِرُوا الْمِيزَانِ وَالْأَرْضَ وَضَعَهَا لِلْأَنَامِ فِيهَا فَاكِهَةٌ وَالنَّخْلُ ذَاتُ الْأَكْمَامِ وَالْحَبُّ ذُو الْعَصْفِ وَالرَّيْحَانِ فَبِأَيِّ آلَاءِ رَبِّكُمَا تُكَذِّبَانِ سُبْحَانَكَ رَبَّنَا these were verses, the beginning verses of Surah Al-Rahman, a whole verse that uh, talks about the mercy of Allah, a whole surah that talks about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in many in, in beautiful ways, inshallah. So I begin by asking you, Sheikh Mahmoud, and I welcome Sheikh you to the show. I welcome you to the show. I begin by asking you. for having me here. Yeah, for having me here. I begin by asking you why uh, is uh, Ramadan called also the month of mercy, Shahrul Rahma? Well, um, there is no doubt that mercy is one of the most important um, objectives of all Sharia. And fasting is an integral part of Sharia. Now, Ramadan is, is the month where we uh, practice mercy in everything that we do. Ramadan is the month when we practice mercy while we're fasting because fasting aims at what? Fasting aims at uh, taming the self. Um, of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about fasting, So the ultimate objective of fasting is achieving taqwa. And achieving taqwa, you will never, you will never achieve this taqwa unless you have mercy towards yourself and towards every other being. And you will always find mercy and knowledge and mercy and, 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 and taqwa always paired in Quran, like if you um, if you look at the story of Al-Khadr and Musa alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about Al-Khadr, آتيناه رحمة من عندنا وعلمناه من لدنا علما, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave Al-Khadr mercy from him, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught him a special kind of knowledge. So there is a very um, interesting hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, it's also mentioned in Muslim. It's it's an interesting and funny hadith at the same time that teaches us how fasting and how our Sharia focuses on mercy in, in, in a very intense way. The hadith as narrated by Abu Hurairah states that the Prophet وسلم, was once sitting with, with, with his companions and a man came and he was crying out loud from, you know, he came to the Prophet وسلم, and he was running and crying out, Halaktu, Halaktu. Like, um, I've been ruined, I've been ruined. And the Prophet ﷺ asked him, what's wrong with you? Calm down, what's wrong with you? And he said, Ya Rasulallah, I, I had a relationship with my wife at daytime in Ramadan. And of course, this, this ruins fasting. And, and now the Prophet ﷺ, when he heard this man, um, how did the Prophet ﷺ react to him? This is, this is a very important lesson for all of us in teaching and learning and, and in, in, in da'wah and in everything. The Prophet ﷺ did not reproach the man, did not go uh, tough on the man. Why did you do this? How could you do that while you were fasting? Man, where are your, where are your brains? Where is your mind? How could you do this? Now the Prophet ﷺ asked him a question. He said, can you emancipate a slave? Man said, uh, the man replied in negative, no, I can't. And the Prophet ﷺ said, okay, can you fast 60 days? And the man said, you know, I can't. And, you know, he couldn't fast one full day. How could he fast 60 successive days? And the Prophet ﷺ told him, okay, can you feed 60 poor people? And the man also replied in negative. Now the Prophet ﷺ did not know what to do with him. So the Prophet ﷺ kept quiet. Until later on, 
shortly, a man came to the Prophet ﷺ and gave him a basket full of dates. And, and you know, it's sadaqah. So the Prophet ﷺ said, where is the question? Where is the man who was asking this question? And the man said, it's me, Ya Rasulullah. So the Prophet ﷺ gave the man the basket, which is full of dates. And he said, give this as sadaqah to feed 60 poor people. Now, here is the, the, the plot twist, and this is the beautiful part of the hadith. The man said, Ya Rasulullah, I, should I feed it to a family which is poorer than my family? I don't know a family in the whole city of Medina which is poorer than my family. So the Prophet ﷺ smiled until his, uh, uh, his teeth were, were seen, and he said, okay, then feed it to your family. And the Prophet ﷺ here really smiled. Why? Because the man committed one major sin, which is, um, having a relationship at daytime in Ramadan, which breaks his fasting. And how did it end up? It ended up with him taking food that would suffice him for like for 60 days for free. So subhanAllah, look at the mercy of the Prophet and look at the mercy of our Sharia and look at the mercy of the companions, look at the mercy of, of the whole situation. It's, it's a situation that teaches us how our religion is a religion of mercy, is a religion of ease. Look at, for example, how Ramadan ends. When Ramadan, when, when, when we're about to uh, um, finish Ramadan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mandates Zakat al-Fitr. And Zakat al-Fitr is, is a very important sign of practicing mercy in the whole community. The prime, the, the prime principle of Zakat al-Fitr is that the day of Eid, it's, it's a day of happiness. The day of Eid, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want anyone to work. You shouldn't be leaving your house and working. This day, you should stay home with your family. You should have fun with your family and, and celebrate Eid. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to ensure that everyone has food that would suffice him for the day of Eid. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mandated Zakat al-Fitr and the end of Ramadan to make sure that everyone would have food without having to work on the day of Eid. Look at how... Look at how the community here all shares, shares mercy. Look at how the community here uh, fosters solidarity and, 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 and companionship. This is the most important thing. Dr. Mahmoud, it's uh, a beautiful examples about the mercy at the, uh, of the Prophet وسلم, and uh, during the month of Ramadan and, uh, and uh, mercy uh, among the entire community. And this takes me to a topic uh, dear to Sister Nakita. Uh, and that's the mercy within the community, Sister Nakita. And you've, you've written and uh, discussed uh, many times about the concept of community care and the responsibility of the community and this mini ummah that we live within uh, to take care of one another and to spread mercy and compassion. And there is no better time to do this than the month of Ramadan. And of course, there is a reality where some people lack this and do not have this, unfortunately. Uh, however, uh, this is a time where we encourage uh, such kind of compassion and mercy among uh, among our, our communities, inshallah. Barakallahu feekum for having me today. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Yes, thank you so much for the reminder, Sheikh Mahmoud, as well. I want to echo some of the things that he said in that um, it is important to remember that this is the month of mercy. And I do think that people often forget themselves within um, their sense of mercy. Um, and they're they're seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they also have to in turn 
forgive themselves and they have to forgive others around them and seek forgiveness from others and 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 repair relationships that might be damaged um, and have those difficult conversations. So for me, a lot of the time, the month of Ramadan is really about taking inventory. Um, and a big part of that is related to community relationships. Um, and you can't have community care without solid community relationships and trust. And that starts with that that um, that communication and that solid communication and that awareness that, you know what, none of us are perfect. We're going to make errors throughout the year. Um, we're going to make mistakes uh, and we can communicate about those things and we can forgive ourselves for the things that we've done as well. Um, I think it's so important, especially in Ramadan, to cultivate that sense of community. I know, especially in the last couple of years, um, with the Nuseba Collective, a women's group that I run uh, here in Alberta. Um, and we have we have members from across the country now, actually, alhamdulillah. Um, it's a Quran group and, and we're all reading together every single day of Ramadan. And I, I can't tell you how different that is from my own experience as a revert um, throughout my life in the last 13 years as a Muslim. I've had some really solitary Ramadans. I've had, um, you know, ones that were really family-based in Morocco, where we we went to Tarawih in the mosque every single night, um, but just the just the the companionship and the friendship of the sisterhood um, and knowing that we're going to see each other every day and hear each other recite. It's been such an important blessing, and I think it speaks to um, what people in the wider community can and really should be focusing on, um, which is building like really inclusive spaces. Um, within Ramadan uh, for the ultimate mercy, which is connecting people with the Quran. So uh, definitely charity is a huge part of, of this month. And there's a lot of incredible work that's being done, especially here in Edmonton. I'm always amazed at how giving and generous the community is. Um, but one thing I would love to see a little bit more uh, emphasis on is um, creating spaces that are accessible to everyone. I know, especially, you know, running women's groups um, from women of all different generations and all different life stages. It's really so important to have online spaces. It's important to have spaces that are um, accessible with childcare and whatnot, where women can feel free and 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 easy to access the Quran, to learn to read it, to read it together, to make mistakes and be Quran and go through that journey together. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest takeaways for me in the last few years in Ramadan in community building is that it's wonderful to do great initiatives um, around sadaqa and great initiatives around the remembrance of Allah. And of course, we have that experience in Taraweeh as well. Um, but to get together and really go through the kind of messiness that many people need to go through to learn to access the Quran on their own is such a beautiful and sacred experience. And watching each other grow through that experience has also been really monumental. And I think it's one of the biggest mercies that we can afford one another is to create spaces like that for the sister Nakita about the importance of uh, this uh, level of mercy among uh, one another in within our community and creating these uh, smaller communities where we actually take care of one another uh, uh, I have a couple of questions I'll, I will direct the first one to Sheikh Mahmoud and uh, the during the month of Ramadan there is I'm not going to say a temptation but there is a drive to work on yourself and improve yourself and dedicate time to read the Quran and uh, do your tarawih and atikaf. Uh, but there is also a sense that we feel during the months of Ramadan of a responsibility towards the other. The responsibility of giving zakat, the responsibility of uh, feeding others and it'amil masakin and it'iftar sa'im and so on. 
so there is also a, respons a social responsibility in Ramadan where you spread this mercy beyond and the blessings of Ramadan beyond yourself. How do you make this balance and, and, and really what is a good practical balance that people can do during this month, inshallah? So, yes, of course, Sharia um, aims at achieving balance in everything. So, yes, in Ramadan, you are supposed to work on yourself. And and working on yourself um, comes through, you know, uh, doing a lot of qiyam, doing fasting itself. Fasting itself is, is the best jihad against your nafs. Uh, because as we always say, fasting is, is a, you know, depriving yourself from halal things that you can normally do. So how about the haram things that some people do? So fasting is, is a state of taming the self. Fasting is, is very important to work on yourself and to achieve piety. Uh, as I always say, Ramadan is the month when we get to discover that, yes, we can. Um, yes, we can do qiyam. Yes, we can do fasting. Yes, we can control our temper. Yes, we can become better human beings. And, and, and yes, we can become more patient. Yes, we can control even our sleeping hours. Yes, we can, we can do everything we want to do. So one, one thing that is very important about this balance, brother, is making sure that you are okay and that people around you are okay. You can never worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on your own. Um, there is a surah in Quran, in Quran which is called Surah Al-Zumar. The, the, and this surah can be translated into groups. And the surah, the, the, the basic principle in the surah here is that people will go to Jannah in groups and people would go to Jahannam also in groups. No one would go to Jannah on his or her own. No one would go to Jahannam on his or her own. So that solidarity of the community and, and how we can foster relationships of care and love, of cooperation, this is one prime uh, um, um, principle of Ramadan. And this is, for example, every night when we gather in the messages for Taraweeh, everyone is sharing, everyone is caring, everyone is doing what he or she can do. Uh, when we gather in the masjid for iftar, we say, for example, we are short in water. We are short in, for example, fruit. We are short in this and that. And everyone does he, what he or she can do for the community. As I said, the 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 the, the zakat al fitr uh, theoretical foundation is to make sure that no one is hungry. In Ramadan, Ramadan is the month when we make sure we all share our food together. We all care for each other. Uh, giving sadaqat, giving zakat, giving iftar al-sa'im. The Prophet ﷺ has encouraged us in so many hadiths to offer iftar to anyone who is fasting, even a date, which not only um, ensures that everyone is, is, is full, no one is hungry, but it also plants the seed of, of compassion within the community. This is something very important, that we love each other, that we are like a brick wall to each other. And this is the core principle of Ramadan, not only working on yourself, but also working on yourself as a brick in the whole wall, in the whole brick wall of the community. This is how Ramadan teaches us to be. Ramadan teaches you to work on your own brick from within the brick itself and to make sure that this brick fits somewhere in the brick wall so we can have a meaningful community, a solid community. I think this is what Ramadan is about. And uh, I, I learned from this uh, uh, an important uh, idea maybe uh, some of our audience might uh, like to try and that's uh, basically uh, uh, 
uh, yes, inshallah, you uh, develop yourself and you improve yourself and you uh, get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But uh, think about the meaning that uh, Sheikh mentioned about uh, Surah Al-Zumur. Who would you like to be with and who would you like to take with you to paradise, inshallah? So uh, think of one or two or groups of people that you uh, might want to ask them to read Quran together or to remind one another to pray Fajr or take them to at uh, Taraweeh or break your fast together. So think of those whom you want to be uh, with, inshallah, uh, on, the, on the Day of Judgment and in Paradise, inshallah. I uh, want to ask the follow-up question to Sister Nakita because uh, the research uh, shows and the, uh, uh, our friends in the different uh, segments in the uh, social work community uh, also mentioned that, unfortunately, the people left out behind the rate of calls, uh, stress calls uh, during the months of Ramadan from people who feel lonely, uh, people who have uh, uh, negative ideas are actually escalate also during this uh, month when we are, sub if we follow what the Sheikh was mentioning, was talking about, we should actually have less, uh, less calls. So how do we also make sure or we uh, attempt to solve this problem basically, take, of one another, take care of those who have nobody to take care of and how can we find them and how can we reach out to them? It's a really great question. I think a big part of it is being um, regularly active in the community. And I do want to foreground that by saying that there is really no community work if you haven't done the internal work and you don't continue to do the internal work of, of heart polishing, so to speak, that is incumbent upon us in the month of Ramadan, but also throughout the year. Um, a lot of people can go into community work and cause a lot more harm uh, than is needed if they hadn't, if they had just been working on themselves as well. So I do see both of uh, self-care and community care in kind of a symbiotic relationship. They're really necessary for one another. Um, but in terms of knowing who's out there and 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 what's needed. Um, you know, maybe I'm I'm speaking only for myself as a community organizer uh, who people tend to, alhamdulillah, tend to gravitate towards. Um, but a big part of it is keeping track of folks, um, particularly converts or reverts, uh, whichever term you prefer at this time of year, um, or individuals who have maybe immigrated uh, um, to Canada and they're away from their families. Um, some People like this are posting on social media. Um, they're asking in groups about where they can get iftar. There's nothing wrong with um, befriending people and checking in on them regularly. I'm a huge fan of just doing simple check-ins, getting somebody's WhatsApp number, sending them a quick message every once in a while. How are you doing? You can take it a step further, of course, if you have the ability. Maybe you can share an iftar with them or invite them out, as you said, um, for prayer in the mosque, or you can recite Quran with them, um, depending on everyone's schedules. But I think um, the research has shown that in terms of loneliness, people who have other people reach out to them on a regular basis, this in and of itself has a significant impact um, on them and their psychology. And so I think um, getting to know who's out there and getting to know the new people, and even, you know, I don't know how other people function. I'm a little bit neurodiverse myself, but I make lists of people. You know, we make lists of people to make dua for. Why not make a list of people that you should be contacting? regularly and you can put a little ping in your calendar if you operate that way you know what i gotta send a few messages today it only takes a few seconds and it can be, make 
a really big difference in other people's lives. Um, and of course, it's it in and of itself is an act of worship. Um, we know that isolation from Muslim communities and ostracization from Muslim communities often happens um, because people are are alone. Um, and so bringing people in, I think, is important. But it's also important to recognize um, your own demeanor and how you are when you bring people in. Not everybody um, is maybe operating in the same level of worship or, uh, you know, performing the same level of ibadah as someone is. And so I think it's really important that whether we're doing this one-on-one -on -one with check-ins or we're building community spaces where people are accessing the Quran, that we really welcome people as they are. We have to abolish terms like Ramadan Muslims. Uh, we're all Ramadan Muslims. <laughs> we all hope to get better in the month together, um, inshallah. And the only way that we're going to do that together, as Sheikh Mahmoud said, is by being really welcoming and forgiving of people. Um, I've never seen somebody improve in community uh, with harsh judgment being laid upon them. But I have seen people step, step back onto their prayer mats, put their hijabs back on, get back into their dhikr and their Quran um, memorization journey uh, from the love and care that was shown to them and the patience that was shown to them by other people in community. And the research reflects that as well. In numerous studies that we've done with IRSS, we've seen that one of the most detrimental things that can happen is when people are looking for a soft place to land in Muslim communities and they're met with judgment and scorn, it can be really detrimental. So it's important for all of us to see it as an act of worship that we create these safe um, and welcoming spaces especially this is uh, very important and you give many practical ideas on how to uh, how to do so and I want to remind our audience that uh, and our community in this spirit of mercy that it is not only uh, it's not only something proactive that one does but it also uh, a responsibility we have a collective responsibility that no one goes hungry that no one goes lonely that no one feels that the community is not open for them and, and inviting for them to, to participate at whatever level of uh, uh, religious observation they are at. But this is why the community is there and this is why we, uh, we open our arms and we spread this mercy for, for everyone. And practically, as again, as I uh, like to uh, give suggestions to our audiences, uh, as Sister Nakita suggested, as we are planning to take a couple of people with us, inshallah, to paradise, please also think of a couple of people that you want to check on and make sure that they're okay. People that you know. I, uh, for example, uh, in Tarawih, remember people from last Tarawih that I haven't seen from Tarawih, Tarawih, and I don't see them this year, so I message them and check on them and how, how are they doing. I we can you can check on, uh, I remember coming in, I don't want to say when, but coming in and we had uh, iftar on campus. Uh, this might give a hint, but uh, early iftar on campus, and we've had these MSA iftars where many of the international students or people people who don't have family, this was their only community gathering and community iftars. The open doors and the open iftars in the masajid are also very good uh, ideas and ways to bring uh, to, to make this open, to make this open for uh, to make this open for everyone. So so let's inshallah uh, in the spirit of mercy. Uh, take people with us. Take people with us to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and also uh, check on people who you, you know might be vulnerable, might be alone, or might need this uh, check-in. And by the way, even those who have uh, families and extended families, this gesture uh, uh, spreads this mercy and love among uh, brothers and among sisters. And I ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to uh, to spread this uh, mercy among all of us. I go back to uh, Sheikh uh, Mahmoud and I ask if, uh, inshallah, 
uh, what can we uh, proactively do in this uh, month of Ramadan? Uh, again, sorry, to, again yeah, what can we do in this blessed month of Ramadan uh, as an act of uh, care and uh, res uh, community responsibility towards the most vulnerable? Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and where does this fit in, this, uh, in these obligations during the month of Ramadan, the poor, the needy, uh, those who are actually in, in, in deep need? Yes, so I think the most important thing here is to start with uh, the closest people to you. And like, um, uh, start with your relatives, start with your friends, start with your neighbors, start with the closest people to you, the, the close circle of people around you. And of course, it needless to say yeah, that your relatives are, are very important to, to connect to in the month of Ramadan. And um, I think the most vulnerable section of, of people in the month of Ramadan are, are the rivers. Because when you're new to Islam and and uh, it's maybe first Ramadan to you and you don't want to leave your family, you don't want to, you don't want to feel like you've lost everything, you have lost your friend, lost your your uh, family. So I think it's very important for every masjid, for every community, to give extra care for uh, for uh, new Muslims. I remember uh, a sister embraced Islam at our masjid like two or three days before Ramadan. And um, and there is a family who always comes to the masjid. <clears throat> and this family said, uh, we are inviting her for our house for Eid. So I said, like, you mean for Ramadan? I said, no, not Ramadan. In Ramadan, we all care for each other. In Ramadan, she will always be here at the masjid. She will always enjoy the positive vibes of Ramadan. She will always eat with people and, you know, have fun with people. We don't worry about her in Ramadan. But the moment Ramadan ends, and and everyone would like to spend Eid with his or her family. These people are very lonely. And this is the most important thing I would like to address today. Care for new Muslims. Look for new Muslims in Eid. Because in Eid, we, are, we tend sometimes to be selfish. We would like to have fun. We would like to care for our families. And we forget that new Muslims do not have families. We are their families. Invite new Muslims to your houses. Look for new Muslims and make sure they have fun at Eid. It's very important because, you know, we, we tell them Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us two Eids and you cannot celebrate any other Eid, correct? So we have to make sure Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha are especially joyful for them. And they have a meaning and they leave an impact for them. Uh, if I, you know, I, I, if I say that we should visit each other and care for each other in Ramadan, I think everyone does this. But my message here is, Look for new Muslims and look for lo lonely people. Look at the vulnerable section, as you were saying, of people. And I, this is, I think, my message now. And actually, let's uh, go to somebody who does the alhamdulillah, work with uh, many of the uh, new Muslim community. Uh, Sister Nakita, and, and, and mashallah, you've been... Uh, You've, you've been through this journey and mashallah you provide, you provide support uh, so tell us also a bit more so about uh, sensitivities uh, along with this because you also sometimes we uh, when we care too much we also overdo it at some points in time so uh, so can you can you tell us basically uh, what what needs to be done and actually i think i also yeah. want to take this opportunity to uh, uh, one of the objectives of doing this in every city is to tell us basically about uh, Ramadan in within the new Muslim community. How is it? Uh, how is it like? Um, this is a really great question. So I have 
I have been through this myself and I can tell you, I really love this point about inviting people for aid. And I think it's really, really important because I can tell you that I did not feel like I had a proper aid. I didn't have that aid feeling until I had children basically. Um, and I, I honestly, like every aid, I didn't get what the big deal was. <laughs> I was just sort of off on my own eating lentils and rice. Like I didn't know what was going on after prayer. Right. So I do think it's a really poignant and important example, but I also think, um, even beyond aid is even more important. So I know we're still in the month of Ramadan. It is important to be checking in on people. Now it is important to be making those plans for aid, uh, for new Muslims as well. Um, but even beyond that, I know there are many Muslims born and, and converted um, who experience a kind of lull after the month of Ramadan. Many do not, um, but many do. They experience a sort of lull after the heights of their worship and everything like that, and they feel a bit lost and forlorn. And so I think making sure that you have... Um, kind of group objectives like if you're if you're you know working within like a little group or you have a community a, some kind of like group chat or something like that where you're sharing your goals for after Ramadan um, I think is really important um, as a group uh, within my collective um, alhamdulillah we're going to continue our monthly halakas and we will be continuing our our, our recitation of the Quran from beginning until end so we do have um, things that can kind of pick us up and keep that sort of Ramadan feeling um, even past the month. So I think in terms of sensitivities, it's really important to have a plan after Ramadan and after Eid. I think that's really crucial. And that's especially crucial. It's only compounded for the people who are are sort of marginalized and or um, sort of forgotten on those sacred times. I think it's also really important to recognize um, in terms of, you, you asked about the most marginalized. And one thing that I want to say is that um, I recently returned from a trip abroad. I hadn't been to Morocco in the last uh, for four years, and Alhamdulillah, like everyone there is doing great and everything. But I I want to mention that like one thing that it made me um, positively embarrassed about was my pantry when I came home. You know, like I just sort of looked at the abundance. Um, within my own household. And I live, you know, like modestly for a North American, or at least I think I do. And it, it's, it was just a stark reminder for me that, um, that you know, the communal way of living and sharing and, and being there is really um, the way to have it. And this kind of like almost hoarding mentality that we have um, and that has seeped into many of our communities here where we're thinking about ourselves and our families and our fridges first. Um, I think we need to really be critical of that. And so I think in the month of Ramadan and after, we really need to be thinking about giving as much as possible without any fear of poverty. All of us have, the majority of us have so much more um, abundance in our Muslim communities, I think, than we realize. And uh, we can give a lot more than we do. We don't have to only give our 2.5% zakat. Um, empty your pockets as much as you can. Empty, empty your pantries food share with people. It also takes the labor, the excess labor away um, from people who are cooking meals this month um, to, to rotate food sharing through the month, as well as sharing um, groceries and things like that with the cost of living uh, going up here really significantly. So I just want to put that in that we have to also not necessarily, we have to move out of our privilege bubbles a little bit and stop thinking that maybe everyone's having these abundant iftars like we are. We have to be looking for the people who are not. And also for the people in our community 
communities or for the people in the wider community who are maybe not Muslim um, and and are experiencing houselessness um, and are in need as well. Um, we should be giving to those people as well um, and, 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 and really wearing the Quran in our, our words and our actions um, throughout the holy month and beyond. So I hope I hope that helps. Jazakumullah khairan, Sister Nakita, and you uh, expanded to two circles we wanted to touch upon, uh, but uh, uh, during this month we tried to keep this uh, show uh, short, and uh, these two circles are uh, uh, spreading the mercy and compassion across, and by the way, mercy and compassion is not just giving uh, donations or uh, giving out money, it is actually sharing that mercy and compassion with other circles, with your neighbors, with the wider community, with your colleagues at work. And I think that's an important circle that we need to address. And then the wider uh, circle of our big ummah, and then uh, humanity as well. And uh, I like this picture behind me about uh, Al-Kaaba, where we see Muslims from all over the world, from all different ethnicities and backgrounds, all together during, and, and, and these pictures are as crowded during the month of Ramadan. Were, uh, and, and you see that example of that mercy that this religion brings, this deen brings, uh, this deen of Islam brings to humanity that builds these bonds uh, around the uh, obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and around these uh, rituals. Uh, so this, these Umrah pictures, these, uh, these uh, messages of, uh, that lift our spirits, uh, where we see this uh, uh, strength and love between our different communities across our nations, across the Muslim uh, communities and almost all across. And finally, before we end, I want to pay special attention to our community in uh, Edmonton, Sheikh Mahmoud. So how is Ramadan like as the Imam of uh, Rahma Center? Tell us how your day is like and how uh, the community um, is uh, celebrating and enjoying uh, Ramadan at uh, Rahma Center, Mac Islamic Center in Edmonton. Well, alhamdulillah, we are lucky that um, the beginning uh, of Ramadan this year uh, coincided to uh, be also at, uh, at the same time with the spring break of the school children. So um, right now, I understand that in Ontario, the spring break was last week, but in, uh, in, in Alberta, the spring break is actually this week. So uh, I think uh, this has given us an advantage in Ramadan. So many children are fasting and so many children come to the masjid uh, every day, especially on weekends. And and uh, Alhamdulillah, our our masajid, not only our masjid in in uh, in Edmonton, but our masajid are filled with with congregants from all ages. Um, and uh, so many parents might not be able to come to the masjid because of you know taking care of their children. They have school tomorrow, but having uh, the spring break and the in the beginning of Ramadan like that has encouraged so many families to attend Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, at the masjid we offer iftar every day alhamdulillah at our masjid so people normally come to the masjid from after us so many people finish their work and they just go home take a short nap and then come to the masjid from after us and they stay and they, they remain at the masjid until taraweeh finishes we have a, a very long day uh, compared to uh, toronto so mm -hmm. in in in, in edmonton uh, night is very short and this is why do, we like do, to st do you still have snow day, do you still have snow yeah, yeah. Oh, subhanAllah. Yeah. You, you have no May idea. Allah have mercy no on all of you, mashallah. I mean, oh, that's I mean. very good. Jazakumullah khairan, so, Allah. Yeah, but, but still, the day is, is pretty long and the night is very short. And, and uh, the thing is, if you would like to catch Ramadan, so many people, um, they, they come to the masjid well before Maghrib and they have a thought at the masjid. 
they finish their iftar and then they come back to their Quran recitation and so on until Tarawih comes. Um, we have a short presentation before Tarawih for the youth. Every day before Tarawih, we have a youth presentation for like 15 minutes before Aisha. Uh, to, to make sure we give our youth uh, a leadership role, a role where they can communicate their ideas and, and talk to the community. And sure. uh, and then we have Aisha and then Tarawih. So many people, even after Tarawih, stay at the masjid. So Alhamdulillah, our masjid are are, are, are filled with, with congregants at this time of the year. And uh, Alhamdulillah, I think, I think Edmonton is one of the best places where you can enjoy the positive vibes of Ramadan. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. JazakAllah khairan, uh, giving us this uh, reassurance and happiness to see uh, people worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout this country in uh, all different parts in the, in the snowy weather and uh, in the regular weather, alhamdulillah. So uh, it's good to uh, see both of you, JazakAllah khairan, both. And uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give uh, Sister Nakita full shifa. She also came while she's not uh, feeling well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you uh, yeah, a, a speedy recovery inshallah jazakumullah khairan mahmoud for being uh, with us today today uh, we're happy to have you inshallah and hopefully inshallah we reconnect in uh, in many other times and with this inshallah we come to end to our uh, uh, program and i remind you that we run uh, our uh, daily ramadan program in the shade of the quran 35 minutes before uh, iftar time and this year alhamdulillah we managed to automate this on our website macnet.ca daily dash ramadan dash program and uh, it basically syncs automatically to your location and would play 35 minutes before uh, before adhan it has a segment on tafsir uh, by uh, dr jasser uda tafsir uh, surat ala imran it has a uh, uh, some recitation of al-quran al-kareem and al-ma'thurat and adhkar al-masa' and then finally it ends exactly at iftar time so we can have iftar at uh, together inshallah at uh, the Adhan al-Maghrib, uh, the last uh, segment, and uh, every week we bring uh, the Adhan from a different uh, flavor, a different, uh, last week was a Libyan uh, Mu'adhan, this week, inshallah, our uh, Syrian uh, Adhan, inshallah, and uh, next week we'll, uh, we'll have other, uh, other flavors, inshallah. So enjoy uh, your Ramadan, uh, make dua for all of us, inshallah, and make uh, dua for the Ummah, uh, spread this mercy and compassion uh, across all, and uh, جزاكم الله خيرا والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Life is an online production by the Muslim Association of